Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. Mike, how you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, had a <clears throat> had a weekend uh, on call at work. Uh, um, a lot of it wasn't my typical weekend where I'm just there for like friggin' twenty hours straight. Um, it was one of those back and forth and back and forth and called in in the middle of the night. You know, you just get to sleep and you're starting to hit that REM cycle and you get woken up by your obnoxious pager going off at 11:30 at night and you think you had some decent sleep but it's only really been 40 minutes uh it was one of those and then kind of another back and forth on sunday uh what was cool on sunday though is that um on our property we we have we, we own a pond uh, as part of our property and on that pond um there's an old we had this summer we had uh busted out some trails and stuff in the woods and found this old broken down shack and turns out it was like an old warming hut that they used to use for ice skating. So, um, we had gone out a couple of the neighbors had gone out and my wife and the kids and they cleared off a good portion of the pond for skating. So when I got home from call yesterday afternoon, I walked through the woods and everybody was out there. There's a nice fire and, uh, the kids were skating. A couple of the adults were, throwing some hockey pucks around my son like two weeks ago learned how to skate and now he's receiving and passing the puck <laughs> uh so he's uh he's progressing uh, quite quickly it's 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 pretty interesting uh how easily kids pick things up and how easily they when they fall they pick themselves up too that is that very cool it's hard a bunch of times i don't know how he's like not dead today i'd be dead for like a week is that warming hut salvageable or is it? Uh, uh, no, no, no. We're uh, we've decided to rip it down and uh, we're going to rebuild it in the in the spring. There you go. That's pretty cool. Put some benches in a in a. We have an oil drum, an old oil drum that we're going to use for a fire, as a fire pit. Very classy. That's what they say about you, Mike. When they when yeah, they say yeah, Mike, yeah. they mean classy. That's I prob- good stuff. I'm probably not politically correct saying this, but uh, um, it was this weekend. It was called a bum drum. <laughs> you know, you see those old movies with all the, with all the, uh, you know, the homeless people like warming their hands and cooking their food over the fire, which I think is probably cliche, but um, maybe not in some places. I don't know. Just make sure the uh, the paint on that drum fully burns off before you try cooking anything out of that. <laughs> from from what I've told, there's there's one uh, that's that's being procured as we speak, and uh, it is it is surely rusted out on the in and outside. Perfect. Just the way you like it. That's that's what you need. That's Steve, how, how are you, Steve? Oh, you know, trying to stay warm. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, you know, we had another COVID exposure at the daycare, of course. So just trying to, you know, deal with the fact that I'm dumping another like 300 bucks down the drain for nobody to watch him. <laughs> just, you know, to retain our spot for when he's able to come back and that always feels good. But to top it off, you know, we had those uh, brutal wind chills this weekend, right? Like minus 25, I think, um, was the low point up here. So, of course, this was the weekend that our boiler decided it wanted to stop working. Um, and it sounded like I'm not the only person that that impacted because every time I called the gas company, 
to come and fix it. It was, uh, we'll get there as soon as we can, but it's, you know, busy. You know, we've got a lot of people calling in and it's, you know, emergency weekend hours. And it's like, I, fine, I don't care. Just send somebody. I just want it fixed. That's when you rush out and grab, uh, you know, all the space heaters you can at the Walmart, you know. I mean, he, they, they did make it out relatively quickly, uh, fortunately, and we were able to get it fixed. Uh, Saturday, I don't know what the guy was doing on Saturday. He was like, yeah, I think it's, you know, the circulator pump. And, uh, you know, it didn't really, he didn't really fix anything. And I ended up doing some uh, tinkering with it myself and managed to, you know, get it on for like four hour bursts at a time. Uh, but the guy that came down on Sunday was like, circulator pump. I don't know what that guy's talking about. We just got to clean this uh you know, the fire rod and, um, it should be fine. Um, he thought it had more to do because the, the cold intake, um, is right next to the motor. So his thought was that it just got so cold that the motor stopped working, which is I not ideal. Zone valves in mine, uh, just a couple weeks ago. So I, I hear you, but no, it's fine now. You know, we got our heat back. Um, but that, uh, pellet stove investments looking more and more, likely at this point just to have a little something as a backup um but i you know i'm just glad they got out here quickly and uh you know we we i pay extra for the service plan so it's not even gonna cost me anything to get them out here which is fantastic learned my lesson the hard way on that one <laughs> it uh it was cold we have a i think i've shared this with you guys we have a bathroom that we have been working on remodeling i shared pictures uh with you guys a, a couple months back when it should have been done but there's still like the buttoning up that needs to happen and um today's monday so saturday i went to to take a shower and of course there's no water coming out of those pipes at all because it was so damn cold uh that, that, a, that a pipe in our attic had, had frozen and this bathroom redo is the result of leakage and an insurance claim and so like i'm i'm traumatized by water and all the bad things that water can do in your house so the thought of a a, a burst pipe um from above was was scaring me even more so i'm up in the attic like literally watching the breath come out of my mouth and freeze as it comes out of my mouth and getting insulation you know more insulation around this thing and luckily the the sunny side of the house it was getting hit right then and, and things thawed out and we we got through it but man i was i was scared scared to death it's the the bathroom project that will never end and we're we're hoping it comes to a conclusion sometime soon you do have a heated towel rack though so do have a heated towel rack which i've learned <laughs> Puts off a lot more heat when there are no towels on it, by the way, because the towels, <laughs> the towels absorb all the heat. So it's a, uh, at the moment, it's an unutilized heated towel rack, but it's a. I, I think that's radiator. the coolest thing on the planet. You know, if, yeah. you, if you're going to splurge on something, you splurge on that. It, it's it's pretty slick, but I'd, I'd rather have the bathroom done than the heated towel rack at, at the moment, but <laughs> we'll get there. Hey, Mike, I wanted to ask you, what'd you think about that North London Derby today? How'd you feel about it? Uh, the one today? There was one today? Oh, there was supposed to be one today. Or I'm sorry, yesterday. Yesterday's yes, North London Derby. How'd you um, feel about that one? <clears throat> you know, uh, going into it, I felt pretty good. Um, you know, uh, my Saturday was uh, was going to be pretty wide open. Uh, there were a lot of cases that didn't involve me at work, so that's good. Um, and... Uh, my whole Saturday was going great, and then the announcement came, and I said, well, shit. Um, and then uh, I, I just decided, you know what? Screw it. 
I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go on to Twitter, which I rarely ever do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see what all of the opposing fans are saying about all this because we got the uh, the league's bullshit response, um, and then we got Tottenham's uh, response and the supporters' trust response, which. They really took the piss out of the league there. Um, so I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to look out for some of the Arsenal supporters and see what, what they say. Um, they don't like us very much, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like they don't like us like the fans. They, they have some strange misunderstanding that we're bad people. And uh, I, I think I've said it before, but I, I feel like, like they get more worked up about us than we do about them. I mean, sure. We, we don't like them very much. Um, we don't like their club. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess that happens when you have the, the history that they have, but um, it, 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 it also, it also comes when your rival um, and that rival is a perennial winner for a long long time and you're either middling or kind of sitting in the weeds um so it's been particularly great the past five six seasons right uh where we've been kind of on top of them and the one time that we have the chance to really come out and put a squad out and pummel them they have they have one COVID case that really ruins everything for them. They can't feel the team because of that COVID case. Now, you say what you want to say. Um, I, I don't blame Arsenal for going that route. They didn't really have the, the players. Uh, it's true. Um, the the one thing I, I will place blame on uh, for them is the fact that they decided that they had to send out these, uh, these loans uh, immediately. Um, knowing that they had injuries, um, knowing that they had players in the AFCON and, and I, you know, I think it was kind of a backhanded way of, of kind of trying to pull something over on the Premier League. Now, you know that the Premier League, Premier League with Arsenal being Arsenal, the great giant Arsenal, um, they bend to the will of teams like that, the bigger, bigger clubs. And I think that, and I think that Tottenham was spot on, you know, when they said that that they were disappointed in the league and 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 the way that the league handled it. The the we should have played the the league should have made them play the game. My my thought, um, and I I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but a couple of years ago, the Boston Red Sox, or not a couple of years ago, last season, the Boston Red Sox lost. Um, a total of 18 players from from their 40 man roster from their from their game day roster they lost that many players and major league baseball didn't say okay well we're going to postpone your games because you have a covid outbreak no major league baseball said you have a minor league system you have a lot of players in that minor league system you can either forfeit those games or you can play them. 
with the minor leaguers. Now the minor leaguers came in and they did an admirable job. And actually they they provided actually some moments of excitement, a, a couple of them. And, and, and I think that the Premier League should go the same route. They have to, they're probably now going to look at that, at their rules because the rules that they set up allowed this to happen. So there was no North London Derby, uh, Derby, 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 Derby. And, um, we're going to get to play it at full strength. We had four or five players out too. So it'll be full strength versus full strength. Hopefully when we get to play it in fucking July. <laughs> there you go. It will be the, uh, the 38th match of the season, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, Steve, I want to, I want to connect to Mike's comments just about, um, fans and commentary on, on social media and Twitter and the like, you know, in the aftermath of the cancellation of that match, I found myself getting really frustrated um, reading through specifically Twitter. Um, but, but I know you dabble in Reddit and, and get into, you know, some other social media as well. Everybody with the same one or two takes, you know, like uh, what a bunch of crybaby bunch of crybabies scared to scared to play spurs premier league you know bottled this what are they what are they thinking how dare they and and no creative uh no creative thoughts being expressed by anyone just like an echo chamber of repeating i'm curious what what's your take on like when something like that happens whether it's the the super league whether it's you know something as simple as a a match being postponed or our inability to to sign people during the january window like Everybody has the same damn take. I'm curious how you feel about that, Steve. I mean, for me, it just feels like one of those things that, you know, uh, oftentimes when people are going on their social media and, you know, they're going to these places with like-minded people, whether it's, you know, the, the subreddit of the team they enjoy or the, you know, Facebook page, a supporters page, whatever it is, they're not looking to have original thoughts they're looking to be validated um and you know for me the easiest way for that is just to rattle off the same things that you've either seen or heard mentioned before you know this is i i frequent reddit and it's a notorious practice there people just rehash the exact same catchphrases for lack of a better word because they know that that's going to earn them some kind of you know points with strangers on the internet it's 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 not really, you know, there are they people think, who they think that, right? They think yeah, it's the points. Yeah, They're it's like, not oh, one over on you. It's a zinger. Exactly. And it's not that there aren't people who don't have, you know, well thought out constructive ideas about a situation. It's that those are in the minority comparatively, right? You and far I between, like think, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you yeah. think about I for for a while, you know, I would follow um uh, you know, Wendy on his, his blog or, you know, his, his Twitter when he was active on there. Um, cause I always appreciate it. You know, Wendy always has these great valuable insights. That's more than just, I'm a fan of this team and this is what I think it's, you know, there's, there's logic, there's reason, uh, you know, behind a lot of the stuff that he was posting. Um, and then you get people by the thousands, you know, just quoting him or, or, you know, referencing his stuff. And it's, again, it's just people looking for that validation, like, oh, you mentioned Wendy. I like Wendy. I'm going to give you a, you know, a nice thumbs up there because that's, it's the same thing. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the point is valid and, you know, there's really not much else to say about it. Right. 
whether or not it's valuable for you as an individual to go out there and be the 30,000th comment saying the exact same thing is probably debatable. I don't think you need to be doing that. But, you know, something like what happened to us with the, you know, I, the one that resonated with me is, is essentially blaming the league for how they've handled this whole, you know, COVID situation in that they really haven't, you know, they're kind of making it up as they go. And every time they put out an explanation for why they're doing something, it's less and less rational. Um, you know, the, the one that really irritated me, um, you know, when they put out there, this is why we had to do it. You know, they met, they quoted player safety as a reason, right? Like, we're not sure what this is doing to the players. It's like, if you really cared about player safety, when this started and there were outbreaks at clubs, you would have done a two week, let's pause the season and let everybody recover and get through this. And then we'll resume. You would have done that if you truly cared about player safety, but at the time you cared more about the revenue that you were going to get from, you know, the, the TV deals and, you know, getting those high profile fixtures going. And now you're at the point where a, a club like Spurs has four games in hand on some of these teams and who's that helping at some point you're going to have to play all those games and it's going to be at a time where you're going to end up in a situation like Spurs were a couple of seasons back where they were playing three times a week to catch up. And do you think that's beneficial to the players? Cause it's not, you know, they're going to get fatigued. They'll get injured. We're seeing that with, uh, with, with Lester really, you know, they've had an injury crisis going on forever. Um, I saw that there was talks about potential postponement that's probably not going to happen because it's not COVID related. It's just injuries, but then those players have to play every game. You know, they're still involved in Europe. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on and for, you know, a couple of people on social media to just kind of throw out the same stuff over and over. It's like, all right, you know, we get it. That's fine. This is kind of how social media works, but it just means when you're trying to look for that original, um, the original take, the the person offering a unique perspective, you really have to look that much harder. Um, and it gets to the point where, you know, you look for the five or six people who frequently provide that, like a Wendy, you know, back when he was doing that uh, for Twitter. And you kind of just look to see, you, you know, that's that's what I tend to do. I'll go, okay, well, what's the extra interesting about this? You know, let, let's, let's get Wendy's take. I'm picking on Wendy a lot today because he's just such a nice guy. Um, and, uh, you know, that's where I go. And then you just, you know, you get everybody. Yeah, that, yeah, this, yeah. It's like, you, you know, it reminds me a lot about, um, you know, I don't know if you guys were in school, um, you know, way back in the day. <laughs> what's, what's that to you, Steve? I wonder, what, I wonder what way back in the day is. I think I've said this before. You're a real son of a bitch. You know, that? <laughs> let's hear you where know, you're some, going with this. Sometimes in the 1800s or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> we were in school in the uh, 1900s. How, how about you, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, I remember I would have a, you know, there were, uh, I always had a couple of teachers who would say, you know, not every thought you have needs to be shared, you know, as kind of a polite way of saying, shut up, you're not adding any value to the discussion. <laughs> but that's kind of what it feels like, right? You know, there are some yeah. people who, who get on their Twitter and their, and their Reddit where it's like, look, stop for a second. Do you really need to say that? Is that really the thing you ought to 
throw out into the void. And part of the issue is that it, it's it's a layer of anonymity for people. You know, it's not like I don't think these people would have those um, echo chambery conversations if we were all in a room together having a conversation about it because they you have to put a face to that but when they can hide behind a you know a, a twitter handle or whatever then it's just you know it's just garbage <laughs> to be frank it's just absolute trash yeah good analysis steve appreciate that hey mike i want to come back to you um give you a little pr moment you're wearing a pretty cool kit right now you want to talk about that kit for a moment yeah um so um i've i was on uh, it, oddly enough, I was on Twitter, um, <laughs> but seeking, um, seeking to earn points with strangers, basically. Yeah, of course, yeah. absolutely, always. Um, and I happened upon this. Um, I, I well, I follow on Twitter. I follow a bunch of different supporters clubs and that kind of stuff. And I think it might have been posted in our in our WhatsApp chat too for the Green Mountain Spurs that that uh dc spurs were doing a promotion um for uh, uh for the for a charity that they support and it's called dc scores um you can see on the patch there on the side on, on the arm um youth soccer um I, and they decided that uh that they were going to do jerseys uh kits if you will um and uh i don't know if they got permission from spurs or whatever but um they only had a certain a certain number of, of kits that that they could do and that could go out um initially i felt kind of bad because i'm not a member of dc spurs and i got one of the kits um but i you know i really once i got the kit i didn't feel so bad anymore um it's it's actually really super cool it's a white kit um it's got the dc spurs logo uh up in the corner on the chest and it's got a it's got their home their home pub the irish channel restaurant and pub um that's where they go to have their meetups and, and such it looks um, like it's got kind of like the cherry blossom action going on it kind does. Of in the background it, it's too. like in the armpit all the way down oh, yeah. the side that's solid it looks cherry good. blossoms it's really yeah. cool um so they they did a great thing um doing this for for their charity and for this these youth soccer programs um and you know, something that as a young club, uh, it, being a member of Green Mountain Spurs that we're kind of aspiring to, um, we're not quite as large as, as they are, um, but they they do a good service and uh, at the same time put out great stuff for their members. And and uh, a, a lot of these bigger bigger city supporters clubs do the same type of things. Uh, I know Boston Spurs do, uh, Chi-Town Spurs do. Um, um, I'm not so familiar with uh, NYC Spurs, but um, and I know Dallas Spurs is another big group. So I mean, um, I, I figured I should just throw my name in the hat, see if I could get get one of these kits. And uh, sure enough, I got I got a kit. It's got it's the first kit I ever bought with my name on the back. I don't tend to be uh, one of those people who puts their own name on the back of their shirt. Um, but I did get my I did get my name uh, my nickname is Poppy, uh, generational nickname. My grandfather's Poppy based on my last name. My grandfather's Poppy. My dad was Poppy. I'm Poppy, and then I got my uh, my uh, American football number seventy two on the back. 
and it's all in Spurs print. It, it's it's a great kit. Uh, it is European uh, English sizes, if you will. <laughs> so you had to order up a bit, is what you're saying? Oh, I ordered up. Yeah, I yeah. ordered up. Uh, it's it's it fits well. Let's put it that way. Uh, but it looks great, and uh, I did not wear it for dinner tonight. Good call with the white kit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, Somebody's it was wearing a white kit right now. It was a right night. Yeah. It was a, a pasta night at the Popovich household. So, Mike, I'll, I will say, and I'm looking at it at this moment uh, in, in my office, there's no shame in the occasional jersey or kit with your name on it. So my my wife and two sons, um, this would have been 16, 17 years ago in 2005 when my White Sox won the World Series, bought me a White Sox World Series jersey with with the patch and with my last name and the number four to represent the four people in our family, you know, it's framed hanging in my office and, and it's something that, that I uh, take great pride in. So there's, I, there's I no shame that. in I that. I love that with the, the four. It's kind of a, a way of getting a tattoo without getting a tattoo. True. I'm not True. an ink guy. I'm not an ink guy. I'm sorry, Steve. Steve is tatted up from head to toe. Uh, Steve, Steve looks like he belongs on a 1970s biker bar uh, <laughs> with his tattoos. <laughs> Old Ink Master Stevie. <laughs> Perfection. There you but go. I, hey, nice, nice detour there. But thanks for talking through the thanks for talking through the kit. That's a that's really cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's look at let's look ahead a little bit. So, uh, Steve, I think you brought up Lester and injury problems. And guess who we play on Wednesday midweek? Like maybe, uh, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> if they get a COVID case, it's off, right? Like that whole thing's getting scrapped if they get one COVID. Well, they have case. they have one person ill. Listen, is ill undefined illness right undefined right yeah steve what's your uh what's your assessment on that one if it does happen what, what do you think it looks like lester's been in relatively poor form for a while um i think that that offers us the opportunity to um you know maybe gear up a bit get ready to to get into some sort of groove um, and I say that because, you know, with all these postponements that we keep getting handed to us, it feels like every single time Conte's ready to get a string of games going, something happens, it throws everything off, and then it's like you have to jumpstart over and over again. Um, so for me, you know, this is an opportunity to do just that, to jumpstart the team, you know, get them ready. They've got a number of players out through uh, injury in AFCON, but they still have a really solid team with some dangerous players available. Um, so it's, it's not a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination, but it is something that um, it, it should be a, a, a positive challenge in that Spurs should be expected to win it, uh, but they're going to have to actually put effort in to do so. Uh, so if that match happens, if they don't try to postpone it, you know, in, at the, you know, very, very last minute, I think that we we're looking at a Spurs victory, but I think it's going to be a, a difficult Spurs victory. You know, I'm, I'm talking maybe one gold margin and it's going to be scrappy. Like, what do you think? What's your, uh, what's your take on, on that one goal margin scrappy, or you think we, uh, we, we, we make it ugly. Look, my predictions are rarely ever. They they never come true. We don't you're just saying whatever Steve says, basically, is, is what you're going with. No, I, if we were I, on know, Twitter, he would just say, yeah, exactly this, you know, retweet me or whatever. It's, it's he do the he do the hand pointing down like yeah. this, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, 
you know, I, I, I'm just thankful for the fact that Jamie Vardy is injured. <laughs> I'm not I, because I, of I the game like, or because of a personal vendetta. Kind of both. Uh, I, I, I don't <laughs> like the guy. I, 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 there's something about him that I cannot stand. And he always has like when he scores these goals, he's like, it's a, it's like he's got a chip on his shoulder that he doesn't need to have there. You know, and it's always been, and it always feels to me, it's like a, like Harry Kane's little brother going, hey, wait a minute, I'm here, you know, you know, what about me? I'm fucking cool too, except. We've been Harry Kane's brother though, so maybe that's a, maybe that's a. He's not as well, he's definitely not as cool (laughs) as Harry Kane's brother. Um, He doesn't, he doesn't leave the house uh, to go to his office uh, in his house um, with his cool three-piece suit on or five-piece suit. Um, I just, uh, there's something about Jamie Vardy I don't like, but, um, Lester, um, yeah, like Steve said, they've been poor form as of late anyway. Brendan Rodgers doesn't have a lot to choose from. I, I honestly, I like Brendan Rodgers. He looks like a Bond villain. Um, but he's, I think he's enthusiastic. I think he's a smart, I think he's a smart coach. He, he'll do, he tends to do well with whatever is kind of thrown at him. Um, you know, that said, he's got, what, 11 guys out? He will put kids out there, though. He doesn't He doesn't have any any misgivings about putting putting youth players or younger players or guy, giving guys a chance. And I think that's kind of... Um, Lester's been doing that for a while, right? I mean, that's kind of how they how they built the team that they have now was by giving by giving guys a chance and, and buying guys uh, the, the proper guys for the system that they have going. And um, that's kind of why they came out of nowhere in what what was it? Twenty what was it? Twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen? Sixteen, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They beat Spurs on the last day, right? For the league title. Um, so you know, that's the kind of an admirable thing that Lester does. I don't have any really venom for Lester. I don't, I don't not like them. I don't, it's just Jamie Vardy. I don't like, um, he's a brilliant player. He really is, but, um, it's just something about him. I don't like, you know, you always kind of hate those perennial winners. (laughs) <laughs> I, let, let me throw this by you, Mike, and and I'm I'm curious. Maybe this is why I, I've been. I, I pulled a picture up uh, over here just so I could look at him and and see if I can understand the stuff. Don't bring back the haircut stuff. With this I'm story. not even going to the haircut stuff. For me, he he almost looks like if you took Harry Kane and Sloth from the Goonies and you just <laughs> bashed them together. Oh, Jamie Vardy. Um. <laughs> he's just the, he's he's an he's an old man who scored a lot of goals in the league and uh you know he got good at the right time and stuck with his team the way he should and he's probably done everything right and i'm sure he's probably a pleasant enough dude uh, as an athlete and as a, as a, as a sports guy who actually uh doesn't actually exist in real life like all of our sports heroes they don't exist in real life until you act, actually see them up close um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't like the guy. And isn't it true that you're people are often disappointed when they meet their sports heroes in real life, right? And they, they realize not. you were not. Who, who, who's yours? Give us an example. Um, so I've, 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 okay, I met, um, 
I met Louis Tian. He's not a he's not a he's not a hero of mine. Uh, he, I, I I wasn't alive at the time, but knowing my Boston Red Sox and their history and stuff, I met Louis Tian outside of his restaurant. He was just kind of sitting there, uh, as he does uh, outside of Fenway Park. He's a restaurant right there at Fenway Park, and he's just kind of sitting there, as he does. And uh, people come up and ask for autographs, pictures, whatever. There's not ever a line. But he just sits there, and he's got the big mustache. He lo looks exactly like he did when he played, except... So, I went up to him, uh, and, I, and I knew that he was always sitting there, but I never had the kind of the guts. I went up to him, and I shook his hand, and I said, thank you for what you've done for the Red Sox and what you continue to do. Because he's like... He's like, um, he's like an ambassador for the Red Sox. He's a Ledley King type guy you know he does a lot of stuff for the red sox uh johnny pesky used to do the same thing um so i met so i met him and i said thank you and he looked right at me and he said in his uh uh his latin uh accent boy if we only had a guy your size back when i played <laughs> and like, i said like poppy said, right yeah and i said and i said um and I said, thank you very much, but uh, I can never hit a baseball. And he, you know what he said to me? He goes, you never would have hit one of mine. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. And then he said, and then he said, you want to take a picture? So I, I, that was great. Um, I, I met Mo Vaughn at a, at a card show one time. Uh, that was kind of neat. Uh, he is way bigger than uh, was listed on the back of his baseball card. Um, so I've, I've met some, I've met some athletes, uh, and, uh, I've, I've never been seriously disappointed. So that's a, that's a good thing. That's good. You're making me think back as a kid. I remember, uh, standing in line at the Chicago auto show to get Walter Payton's autograph, who, who, who was, and still is my favorite football player, American football player of all time. And, uh, being happy with how kind he was in the, you know, 30 seconds of dealing with probably 10 year old me. Right. Um, and I was one of 300 people lined up to, to see him, but yeah, I was, I was pleased and, and not disappointed. I can, I can say that uh, another hero of mine, another uh, baseball's my second love. Um, but another hero of mine was Roger Clemens at the time. And um, you still holding that one up? My dad and I, I, I still love Roger. Um, my dad and I, um, went to Roger Clemens last game and we knew he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to resign with the Red Sox we knew it was his last game um, the start before that he had just thrown um, another 20 strikeout game um, so we were at that game it was 19 I say 97 um, and he was going to be at the at the souvenir shop the souvenir store it's called and it's a across the street from Fenway Park on Yaki Way, or what used to be Yaki Way. And um, my dad was like, we can go over there and wait in line to get his autograph if you want, get a picture. And uh, it, this kind of speaks to what you were just talking about. You don't want, I didn't want to be disappointed. I was so upset, so sad, because a lot of my childhood was tied to him. The fact that in you know in '86 uh, when I became a Red Sox fan, he was a rookie, and a lot of so a lot of my childhood was was tied to Roger Clemens, and uh, the fact that he was leaving, I was devastated. Even as like a 
you know, 17, 18 year old kid, like 19 year old kid, like devastated that he was leaving us. And, you know, um, now I understand athletes, are, it's a business, right? Athletes come and go. And um, maybe why I was so, so worked up about Harry Kane, you know, and, and his situation with Man City. Um, and, you know, Harry Kane is kind of my guy that kind of got me into Spurs. It's the same type of thing. Like, how dare you leave? I get it, but how dare you leave? Um, how dare you do it in this way? But then it turns out that, you know, he's probably going to end up leaving anyway. <laughs> Hopefully entirely not. Entirely possible. Yeah, entirely possible. Mike, you're just make, you're making me flash back, and I, I'll just go back to Walter Payton. Um, and for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know who Walter Payton is, played for the Chicago Bears from the uh, from the mid '70s through to the late 1980s. And um, for for me as a kid, was just the uh, the ultimate football player growing up. And and so like time times like right now, you know, I, I plowed my driveway twice today, partly because I enjoy it, but also because we got a lot of snow. But when I was a kid and we would shovel the driveway, you know, you'd have those big piles of uh, those big piles of snow along the edge of the driveway. And we would just grab a football and just dive over those piles and pretend we were Walter Payton all day long, you know, diving up over the, over the line of scrimmage. And um, I, I fondly remember, and I don't remember the year, this is in the mid eighties. I forget if this was before 1985 or after, but when Walter Payton broke Jim Brown's rushing record and I, I was at a football game of my own, you know, we were playing and they literally stopped the game when Peyton was about to break the rushing record and people are listening to the game on their radios. Like they, they stopped the game. Everybody went to the sidelines, waited for that to get done. People celebrated. And then we got, got back to our game. So like just the, the, the momentous nature of, of something like that. Um, and the, the, the flashpoints that gives you on your childhood, there's, that's what sports about actually, you know what I mean? Like it gives you those moments that you just have these recollections and these memories that, that uh the mic you have on your wall and i have on my wall and we have in our brains like that's a that's a really cool thing it's exciting that's i think that's why i talk about the stuff that we talk about because um it builds memories right it, it's exciting yeah, I mean, it's fun anybody who anybody who knows uh can see that like i mean and i'll and i'll put a picture up on our facebook page and on our twitter uh but like where i'm sitting right now is all of my red Sox memories um and some of the old time players was Ted, Ted Williams and Babe Ruth and such. And I have my 2004 world series picture, um, in, in my Jim Rice, my Jim Rice picture up there that I, that I absolutely love, uh, hand signed by Jim Rice. Um, and I have like front and center is my, my, uh, Jason Veritek punching Alex Rodriguez in the face picture. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's, well, that's well actually deserved. turned the tide that led to the, to the world series that year for the Red Sox. So, I mean, you're right. A lot of these memories that we have and, 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 um, are that are sports memories or, uh, are, are flashpoints in our life. And, 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 um, and they mean a lot to us as sports fans. And I think that's why we get so worked up when our team doesn't do, uh, what we want them to do. And, and I know that in retrospect, you know, I went off on, on, you know, our inactivity in the transfer market and that kind of stuff. And, and, and Chelsea, the Chelsea lineup and 
what the hell are we doing? And, you know, we get worked up because, uh, you know, we're passionate sports fans. And this is this is the reason we do this right here, the three of us, at least, you know, and, uh, uh, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners get worked up, too. About the same type of stuff. And it's because we have our memories and we want to keep creating those memories and and championships and that and success does that for us. Question. You know, another way to create memories, Mike. Just <laughs> to, to find out what Mike's drinking. Steve, are, are you ready? Should we do this right now? I think we should. It's a great time for it. Steve, I'm going to let you ask the question this week. I just, I feel like handing this one off. Oh, th- thank you, Dave. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, uh, Dave and I, we're both sitting here and I'm sure our dozens of listeners are also wondering the same thing. So I, I'm just going to go ahead. Might be hundreds. Maybe hundreds, but it might just be the same, you know, like one of our parents listening to it over and over again. I, I can't tell. <laughs> Who knows? No, my parents don't know how to listen to podcasts, so I don't claim that one at all. That's that's fair. My anyway, dad, my dad just told me he does. So nice. <laughs> for for the dozens of us that are dying to know week in week out i'm gonna ask you this question hey mike what you drinking well steve since you asked (laughs) (laughs) he loves it when you do that oh it's my favorite it's my favorite part of the show um you know it's it's funny because uh i'm on a discord um i'm on a couple different discords but um I, i i was on i'm on one and somebody said to me and, and I'm sure it's probably because they don't listen to the podcast, but like I, I there's a, it's, it is a Spurs discord and it, and uh, there's a, there's a discussion, uh, a beer discord in within this discord. Uh, and I post constantly because, uh, you know, I know how to stay in my lane. I don't, I don't do, I can't do the fast action life live uh football chat or the or the you know that kind of stuff i stay in my lane i i know my food and i know my my beer and i stay on the beer discord and i'm smart about it and i post every single every single beer that i have basically um mike fast action live football chat it's a cesspool anyway you don't want to be in there you want to stay in a (laughs) positive optimistic place yeah 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 sure sure uh yeah I, i i do my live football stuff here right um and and i bitch and complain to you guys on what on whatsapp so um they said to me though um boy you really like beer don't you i and actually i think flav said that to us last week too um (laughs) said that to me um i do like beer uh i found this beer and it was kind of in the back corner of um the beer cave at, at the milton beverage um and I, and I said, you know what? I love this series. It's, it's something from my childhood. Another flashpoint from my childhood. Um, Good times. First, first series of books I remember reading. And it's a Lord of the Rings beer. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Balrog. It's Balrog Fiery Whip IPA. Uh, it's, got, it's got Balrog uh, uh, with the ring around it on the label. Uh, I, I don't know how they got the okay to do this. Um, <laughs> so Mike, Mike, to me, this feels like it's either going to be amazing or a huge disappointment. What, what are you leaning towards? Here's the thing, Dave. I thought the same thing, 
yeah. I, I, I always think because I think one of the first ones we did was the Steve Austin beer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I listened to his podcast. I love the guy. That beer was not good. And he drinks like two or three of them on his podcast. Um, this is the this is from a brewery in California. Um, but it's under license from Middle Earth Enterprises. Um, it's, it's Moylan's Brewing in, uh, Novato, California, uh, checks in at about 6.5%, uh, one pint of beer. It doesn't have any, uh, fun stuff on it other than it says, uh, it's the Middle Earth Limited Can Series. So I'm going to pop into this and see what happens. Um, I did, I will pull up a, uh, beer advocate review while we're pouring this. You know, I took that little foam piece off the front of my microphone. You can really hear that crack into the. Beer. That was nice. Yeah, well, yeah. well played there, Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> I had I had to do that just just for this this section. You know, Mike, I'm thinking how excited I would be if we could get like Goodwater or somebody to brew a, a Wicked Spursy brew. I think I think I might. That would be our mic drop moment. Maybe we just stop doing the podcast after that. But what would that even taste like? Amazing. <laughs> I think just we talked bit, about this already at, once. I, I think I said disappointment. It'd be bitter at the end. It'd be bitter Sour. at the end, Steve. <laughs> it, it, it'd be a promising start and really bitter at the end with a bad aftertaste. That, that's what it would be. But what's the lacing like? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I, I pulled this up. It's, uh, it's, it's For a California IPA, it doesn't look too West Coasty. Oh, God. Um, Sorry, Mike. I was just, I, I wanted to see, because I wanted to read along with you when you did the Beer Advocate, and I saw that the only review was from our friend. Oh, you got our, our friend? Mike, you're tracking oh, that shit. guy down, aren't there's you? One, there is one review. There's one <laughs> single review, and it's from our friend, Len Raider. We got to find that guy. This we guy really has do. drank millions of beers, <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned. I, I want to meet this person. Do we know it's a guy? I mean, this this or do we have any idea yeah 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 yeah. so i've i've uh i did email him uh to tell him off no i know i was very nice about it and uh i know we and i i told him that i pick on him every week um lone freighter this guy this poor did guy he, did he respond to you um no he did not uh he did not he probably doesn't like to be picked on he, he's probably he probably is a beer judge i'm sure um he loves his Betcher pint glass. A Betcher pint glass is kind of, it's kind of a tall and narrow pint glass. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, kind of have any angular shape to it. It's kind of a rounded, it's kind of rounded at the top. It's narrow at the bottom or kind of rounded at the top. Um, I did look into that after his last one. This one says appearance was mellow, chill, hazy, burnt orange and yellow. Uh, with small fingers worth of white foamy head softly dissolving to leave some messy lace. Ooh, yeah. Is... See, I, I feel dirty again. Yep, there you <laughs> go. The aroma captured in in an in-your-face punchy pine smothering, smoothing out into some citrusy rind bitter hops in a super low-key biscuity maltness. Okay. Uh, flavor copy the aroma, fairly spot on. Ooh, that's a Steveism right there, spot on. Spot on. Uh, pushing bitterness for, forward while trying to bring the sweet malts. 
balance finally like a west coast styled one uh i, I it doesn't look west coast um the mouthfeel was mouthfeel was even keeled and had a nice sipping quality to it like like dave's whiskey um good carbonation yielding to a semi smooth piney stickiness blah 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 um i don't know what kind of hops go into this uh lone freighter good on you Good on you. Gave him a 4.1 out of 5. That's hardcore, man. And I think the the highest we've heard from him is maybe 4.1 or 4.2 in the past, right? So this yeah, is yeah, one, yeah. Of his, one of his big boys. So we'll see what see what Poppy thinks about it. What does Poppy think? Uh, well, let's see what we get. It's not a 4.1. <laughs> um again lone freighter you're full of shit <laughs> it's not terrible I, I wouldn't say that i would like buy a bunch and like keep drinking them it's not a it's not an alchemist focal banger it does taste very west coasty it's definitely got that malty uh kind of character to it uh it's it's oddly bitter in weird places it's piney uh, just like a West Coast IPA, uh, the mouthfeel. I I, I I don't know exactly know what mouthfeel means, but it it is fucking thick, man. Does it, it feels, feel like a liquid? That's what I want to know. It does. It tastes like a liquid. It is. It's resinous. I'm learning this stuff as we as we do this every week. Um, but it's definitely piney, and and it has like a sticky, weird, heavy mouthfeel to it. Just go lick a pine tree at that point. Like, how is this an appealing quality? I don't understand. Well, West West Coast IPAs are not really like like a like an East Coast IPA or like a New England a New England or Vermont IPA. They're fucking really malty. Um, they're heavy. They're piney. Our IPAs out here are citrusy, which is really really odd, right? Because California is a citrus state. You would think that they would use those kind of those hops that, you know, like like your Simcoe's um, and your your Citra hops like that and, and that just kind of blow your face off with citrus and they don't. So this is definitely very West Coasty. Um, it's not terrible, but I wouldn't go out and buy a bunch of them. If I had this at a bar, I wouldn't have more than one. I would have a bunch of. I would have a bunch of like heady toppers or focal bangers. I sure. definitely do that. Of course you would. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and maybe it's because of the, the area that I'm from, but um, here we go. Um, that's my uh, Fabrizio right there for you tonight. Here we go. Um, a great segue. Cause I'm going there later, Mike, just be ready. 3.2. 3.2. You said, Oh, so close. oh shit. Steve said 3.4. Ah. <laughs> He just texted me, said 3.4, as I said, 3.2. I didn't want to influence it this time. So. 3.2. And, and Mike, the uh, is there a, a, a primary place to enjoy this this particular beverage and its uh, resinous mouthfeel, or uh, are you not opted anywhere? Um, Northern California. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, in the, maybe in the fall. I don't know. I've never really been to California. 
Is it a, a leaf leaf burning beer, Mike? It's How not a that? leaf burning beer. No? No, maybe like a... God, no, it can't even be that. Like, I was thinking what I was drinking earlier, I I, I do love a macro brew uh, every once in a while, like a Bush Light every once in a while. Uh, that's a man's beer, uh, puts uh, hair on your chest, uh, hair on your palms probably too. Um, but, uh, that's, that's not what does that. Just Bush light is like a furniture burning beer. (laughs) (laughs) No, a leaf burning beer is going to be a nice, uh, a nice, if you're going craft beer, a leaf burning beer is going to be, uh, like an American lager or something like that. Fair. This, no, I mean it's not a terrible beer. All right, so it kind of it's kind of a letdown because it's got Balrog on it, and he's he's fiery and angry, kind of like me sometimes. So, Mike, once more for the record, what what was the name of this? And what was the brewer? Once more, uh, the brewer is Moylan, Moylan's Brewing Company out of Novato, California, N O V A T O, six point five percent alcohol. And this was the Lord of the Rings brew, right? Lord of the Rings. Balrog Fiery Whip IPA. If you know anything about Balrog, he does have a fiery whip. I'm a, I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy. It was like yeah. my first like 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, series. Sounds like he should stick to whips and not beers, huh? <laughs> I think that 4.1%, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that Lone Freighter is whipped by Beer Advocate. We need to we need to find Lone Freighter. I, I want him on the pod, Mike. That's your task. Yeah, well, bring it I home. Wish, I wish I was a hacker. <laughs> Very good. Now finish that tulip glass off because it's full. Hey, Steve, get us get <laughs> us started. <laughs> yeah, what you drinking? Um, no, I, I think it's time for a therapy session. You know, earlier this week, our, our boy Mike was he was just. He was on a tear about the transfer window and, and down in the dumps. And ITK was just just eating away at him. Can you paint a picture of uh, of what you see for the transfer window right now? The transfer window. Well, don't sound so little... excited, Steve. For real, like. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm a little disheartened by it too. You know, I. It's it's one of those things where I was hoping for a little more noise, especially given, you know, what we saw from Paratici in the summer, you know, lots of not necessarily concrete, you know, this is the direction we're going, but a lots of like nibbles, you know, little things for us to, you know, kind of gauge what he's thinking, the direction that he's he's going in terms of uh, potential signings. I don't really see a lot of that. It's it's been relatively quiet. I mean, we've seen the same couple names over and over again: Treore, Vlavich. Um, I just when we're getting so late in the month, so late in the window, and there's not a lot of noise, it just makes me worried. And I mentioned this a couple of times now, but <sighs> something needs to happen. Like we need reinforcement that that's just non-negotiable and you know i I, i've seen a couple of people saying um and and by people i don't mean you know 
Twitter bozos. I mean, like reliable journalists who, you know, actually do this for a living have said that, you know, we need to get people out the door before we can pull anybody in. And then they, you know, start naming people like Ndombele, who, let's be honest, who, who's going to want this guy, particularly in the January window. Um, and it would be a destination he'd actually want to go to. It just seems like a bunch of factors that that make me feel like nothing's really going to happen, which is kind of depressing considering we desperately need something to happen. Um, you know, I some people think Traore is a, a done deal. Some people think that he's staying at Wolves 100% for sure. I just, you know, I, I, I desperately want movement. Um, but I don't think it looks likely at this point. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, there's part of me that actually does honestly want to be optimistic about it and say, yeah, we'll get, you know, one or two players in the door. Um, but the most concrete links that I've seen have been for like, you know, guys to like the U18s, U23s, nobody who's going to step in and challenge for, you know, a starting spot at, at right wing back or, you know, back up to Kane. Um, and then I see some of the business that, you know, some of these other teams are doing, particularly Aston Villa, who I thought have had a, a, a pretty damn good January so far. And it's like, it's not going to be shit, Steve. It's, it... I look, I, I, you know, Aston Villa for me, I think they're doing the right things. I think they're going in the right direction right now. Um, but, you know, it it must be nice for them to see some ambition being shown, right? Coutinho is not, you know, a nobody. He's somebody who's proven in the league, and he's actually helped them out already since signing. Um, okay. Digne from, from Everton, I think Everton were absolutely stupid to let that guy go. Yes, he's been in poor form, but, I mean, Rafa Benitez was your manager for half a season, and he's garbage, so... <laughs> you know it's it's and then you fire him a couple of days later right like it just seems like such a poorly managed club um to let somebody of that caliber go i that's gonna bite them i'm sure they want uh, they want martinez back i mean yeah they do i mean they they fired bruno lodge to get to martinez they fired martinez to get to benitez now they're going back to you know, I, you know everton's a mess they're a mess they 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 can make all the signings they want. They're always going to be a mess. Yeah, it's just rough. Like, I just want something to happen. Anything, you know, something to show that, yeah, you know, we are going to back um, Conte. We are going to get him what he needs. We do want this club to be successful. And it's just, that's just not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of... Uh, you know, the same thing we've seen for the last few seasons, like, oh, you know, we need to look for the deals. We need to look for the good gets. And, uh, you know, that's all fine when we're doing well. And, you know, we can have some, some, um, you know, leeway with our, our dealings. We don't need to get, you know, we're not a man city. We're not looking to sign a superstar every window, um, particularly in the summer, albeit, but still, um, but, we are in a position as a club where we desperately need people to come in and, and 
threaten uh you know the the established starters that their place is not safe in the team that they need to put the effort in and work hard and and you know make those improvements and quickly um you know we saw what happened with Aurier when uh when we signed Doherty which ended up being a, a, an absolute bust but you know you need somebody to come in and 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 challenge and if we're not getting that then for me, I've seen complacency hit this squad so regularly that it's just hard to feel excited about the rest of the season when it doesn't seem like, you know, the the management is looking to give us as fans what we need to be energized by the club, right? Like we we want people to want to be there, to want to put the effort in, to want to push through and and help us achieve our targets. And, you know, we see a couple guys on the, on the field, on the pitch who are doing that game in game out. And there are some that clearly aren't at the level or just aren't, you know, maybe they're, they're having an off time, but there's nobody to replace them. Uh, it feels Steve, like you're, uh, you're validating all my paranoia from last week. That's, you know that, what? That's <laughs> how it feels right now. And, I, and in, inside to, to bring it back full circle from our, uh, our Twitter conversation earlier. It, it makes me feel good <laughs> that I'm being validated live here on the air. Earning points with strangers, even when they're not strangers, right? You know, I, I, think, <laughs> I think I mentioned it last week. You know, I, I said if nothing happens this week, then I'd start to get worried. And, and that's what's happening, right? It's been pretty damn quiet. And, you know, except for that, uh, I don't, it might have been early this week about Levy going to see Lewis in the Bahamas to, you know, maybe try to get a little something. Uh, but since then, <laughs> sorry, I, nothing. Sorry, I, I uh, took that the wrong way. Yeah, that's not a, that's not how we use that term, Steve. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't God. understand. Explain it to me. What, what I, I think Steve meant bag of cash. Yeah, right. Hey, so 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 Mike, before I go to you, I'm I'm gonna respond because what I don't want to do is is have you guys be negative Nellies and then I try to be positive and optimistic. Oh, I, I've got a good take. I've got a. All right, sweet. Go but I'm gonna I'm just I'm gonna say this. There's still time. There, there's still time for things to happen. I approach this window with me personally thinking one or two guys out from the first team and one or two guys in would be a successful window. Have we seen that yet? Nope. We haven't seen that at all. But there's there's still the potential for that. And I do believe we got to let Paradici do his thing for a little while. It, it always drives me crazy when like you see the you see the the articles and the the commentaries and the the tweets that say like the coach wants this or the coach wants that it doesn't matter what the coach freaking wants right like when it really comes down to it it's the gm and it's the owner that decide where that's going it used to be just the owner at least we now have a a, a, a director of football operations who who actually runs the show and is, is working on a plan so i am still confident that something could happen in time and my or steve i want to respond you you talked about um I forget the word you used, but I see with our players, I see a lack of mental toughness. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, yeah. it's not like these guys give up. They're just not mentally tough when they're on a high, when they're, when they're on a new manager bump, some of them can, can ride that out for a while. But when the going gets tough, some of these guys break down and that's a long-term project. I don't mean to go back to the potch thing, but when potch talked about the painful rebuild, it's still a thing. You know, that's still real. We're still talking about a lot of these same same guys, actually, as we sit here currently. Uh, we still need to clear some of those guys out. But I do have patience. And 
when has a team ever turned itself around in the January window? I'm curious what that might be. Of course, we want to see progress, but I think we all know that the, the summer window is where things are really going to happen if things are really going to happen. If, if Conte is not backed in the summer, none of us will be surprised if he walks, right? Like we wouldn't be shocked at all, but um, I don't think we can base anything off, off this January. I agree, Dave, but I also want to offer one last thing up um, before we, we hand it over to Mike. And it's a quote from a very popular movie. You might be aware of it. Uh, it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is uh, our, our, our dear child, uh, who's, I can't even think of her name right now, uh, but you'll probably Haruka recognize Saul? the quote. Veruca Saul, yeah, the, the blueberry yes. girl. Who, who are we talking about? Was it Veruca or was it Violet? No, it's Veruca. Veruca is the one I'm thinking of. Violet, Violet turned into a blueberry. Veruca Salt was uh, the golden egg. The obnoxious. Yeah. It's her. So to quote Veruca Salt. Great band, by the way. 90s. <laughs> Steve, Steve, you might not have been born yet, but but Mike knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, anyway. If I had a singing voice, I would sing some for you right now. <laughs> to quote Veruca Salt from the classic movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Don't care how. I want it now. Fair. Fair. That's Steve. <laughs> Mike, br bring us home on the transfer window. What do you got? Um, so I, I, I started uh, I, I started it off last week uh, in the way that the, uh, many span, uh, Spurs fans were. Um, and that was very down on this transfer window. Um, we're not going to do anything. Um, then Wednesday came and we're like, what the fuck is this lineup? Um, I just, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. All right. So I, I just, I got to a point, um, previous to the match on Wednesday where I had given up all hope. Um, it was we're not getting anybody and then the lineup came out i'm like what the fuck is this is he trying to make a point with golini uh then we find out that no he's not making a trying to make a point with golini after the match um he thought golini was actually good i still say get him out of my fucking club bring joe hart back go to go to go to celtic if you have to and fucking bring joe hart back find paulo gazaniga i don't gazaniga, know where, yeah bring him back i don't know where gazaniga is uh probably selling fucking fake watches on on a street somewhere um bring him back uh he did pretty well um so that's kind of that's kind of where i was i was like very down i got like i i i, I felt like i hadn't taken my meds man you know, I was I was ready to jump off the bridge with about sixty percent of Spurs fans. That said, I've calmed down. Uh, I had the weekend to watch some some soccer. I watched that brilliant game, uh, Chelsea Man City game. Uh, I I got to I got to witness my wife get involved in watching that game, and say, uh, why does he keep falling down and grabbing his shins and his ankles when he's not wearing any shin guards why won't he pull his socks up and i said his calves are too big 
That's what he says. <laughs> I'm going down. I'm going down that route. And she said, his calves aren't any bigger than anybody else's. And I said, exactly. They paid $100 million for that guy. And she said, uh, why, why don't Spurs pay $100 million for a guy? I said, because we don't have that kind of money. Um, it's just come out today that Spurs attendance is down. Um, which is a big driving contributing factor when you talk about finances, right? Um, so, I mean, especially when you have stadium debt to pay off and you, and you have stadium debt on top of that. Right. So we have now the stadium debt, our, our, our attendance is down because Spurs are up and down and up and down and people are sick of it. Um, ticket prices are up. Um, and that's, that's tough in England. I know we've discussed it before about how much we pay for sporting event tickets here versus there. Um, I do it all day over there. Um, I, I can't do it here. So, you know, when it, it, the finances are actually coming, they're starting to, the, the rumors and stuff, are, they're starting to bear fruit. Um, Pochettino's rebuild that he talked about, the painful rebuild, um, was kind of, the can was kind of kicked down the road with, with Jose. We got some guys in that were younger, um, some guys that were cheaper, um, Again, kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road. Um, we got some guys in for maybe for Nuno, maybe for, just for Paratici. Um, still kicking the can down the road with these bargain guys. Um, the problem is you don't want to get bit in the ass, right? You don't want an Indombole again. And sure. Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy felt it. And he, in, 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 with the booing, he feels the, he feels the wrath of the fans, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, let's say you, Mike, you're in London, you live in London now, right? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has a big event coming up and it's Carrot Guns Top. Do you want to go and see a Carrot Top show? Like, wouldn't you rather they bring fish or something so that you can go to a Mike fish would show go. in London? He'd go if it helped Spurs out, right, Mike? Uh, if, if they brought fish, if they brought fish at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I'm on. But that's the thing you you want uh, you want a headliner, you want somebody exciting to bring the fans. Guns into and the Roses stadium, is going, not there. fucking Carrot Top. Guns and Roses is going there. Uh, it, it'll so that those are the type of things that this stadium was built for. It was built to be a multimedia uh, uh, stadium. But that was a metaphor for the for the team. In case you I understand, that. I understand what you're doing. There. <laughs> I understand what you're doing there, but. The, the point the, the point I want to bring this back to is that we can't spend a hundred million dollars on a Jack Grealish. We can't do it. We can't put ourselves in that position. And this is where I I ch- kind of changed my tune. Um, so what do we have now? We have Adama Traore. Weston McKenney is popping up now again. Um, Conte wants him. Uh, I think I think Weston McKenney would be great uh, for this midfield. Uh, I think he would be a, a, a fair replacement for Ndombele. I think he would play better and have a little more passion. In his, he has more passion in this game than Ndombele does uh, to the eye. He's not as good of a player as Ndombele, um, or as we wanted him to be. 
Um, and again, I, I think I said it last year when it, when it popped up. Uh, Dabala is, again, fucking angry. He, he doesn't want to play in Italy anymore. Uh, well, he might want to play in Italy if it's Inter. But it's not going to be Inter. So he wants to, he wants to leave. Um, and, and he's kind of, Tottenham's kind of caught his eye. Um, so I think if we're going to see any kind of, uh, transfers happen, um, I think you're going to see, a, a, I think you're going to see Adama. I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't necessarily want it to happen, but I think that Conte has got an idea, uh, getting kind of back to what I was saying, but, um, about the painful rebuild though, we heard Pochettino say it. We had two and a half managers in between. Now Conte went to him after his meeting or during his meeting and said, this is what we need to do. We're in fucking, you're in trouble. This is what I need to do to put a bandaid on this and fix it. Cause it's not going to heal otherwise. So we have, a, there's all this ITK popping up. We have to kind of just keep an eye on the ones that keep, keep popping up for us. And those are the McKennies. Those are, those are, um, Vlaovic is another one. Fabrizio Romano just said Vlaovic is, is, it's a real possibility for Spurs. So I think our big signings, we're going to get one, one, I think we're going to get Mensa. Um, even though we've been pushed, Push back on that on that offer, um, and he is a going to be a good young uh, uh, center back, and then I think we're going to get a Damatriori. And those are the two we're going to get. The rest of the stuff that is going to happen and that we keep hearing about over and over again is going to happen in the summertime. But I think a lot of this stuff is going to get worked on. We're going to see the transfers come in the summer, and. If anything is to happen in January, it's going to be a loan situation because we don't have the money. We just don't have the money. It's becoming more and more apparent. And um, the good thing is that we have the, 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 the matches coming up and the matches in hand that we can win. We're not, on, we're not even close to Chelsea. We're not close to, we're close to, I think we're closer to Liverpool than we are to Chelsea. Um, you know, but we got, we got spurned by Jesse Lingard and Martial, guys who are like throwaway players from Man United. And Man United are garbage right now. They don't, they know where they are less than Spurs do. Conte is not going anywhere, is what I'm saying. Guys are going to be sad, though. Speaking of Italians going somewhere, I just read on on Twitter that uh, Golini wants to leave. He's not happy with his lack of playing time. Oh, uh, I'm happy with his lack <laughs> of playing time. Golini's not going to get his Agreed. not going to get his uh, his requisite number of uh, starts. To... Yeah, he needs like 20 starts, I think. Right? Allegedly, uh, that clause to kick in. I mean, we're not going to buy him. Allegedly, sorry, wants him at Lazio. I'd say. Uh, well, he's not ours, actually. He's on loan with us. We we don't even you know have a decision with him. Can we yeah. say uh, R.I.P. Dylan Marquandé? Yeah, go for it, Mike. You were uh, you uh, spoke about that this week. 
I was big on that kid. I love him. Um, he's a hell of a talent, and he's going to go to uh, to the Rovers, and uh, they are they're my team that I have chosen this year to uh, to be promoted and to make a splash in the Premier League next year. Um, I said it about Leeds a couple of years ago. They made their splash. I'm going to say that about Blackburn. Um, I think Brentford made a splash. Uh, we talked about that. Um, and I, I, I really, uh, I, I, I want him to succeed, and I think he will. He's a generational talent, and I think Spurs made a big, big, big fucking mistake. I think they sold him for like 500,000 pounds to something. 500,000. Yeah. They didn't even get a million for him, and he is a generational talent. They and, could and, and regret Spurs, that. Uh, Spurs are very, very short-sighted, I think, in their youth right now. Wendy did a Wendy did a nice piece, uh, written piece on the business side of of that whole thing. And uh, sad Spurs, to say that I haven't gotten to to reading that, but yeah, good piece, worth a read. That's a Wendy shout out today. For real, I, it's almost like he's coming on the pod next week. Oh, that's right. Oh, he okay. is supposed to join us next week. Yeah. <laughs> what? You're such a fucking fanboy. <laughs> All right, whatever, Stan. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Um, <laughs> Steve, closing thoughts. What do you have? Uh, I, I mean, right now my closing thought is how excited I am to have Winnie back on. Um, <laughs> just what a what a guy. What an absolute gem of a human being. I am very much looking forward to having a conversation. And who knows? We're on his maybe, dick, though, man. Holy cow. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe, this is a long shot. But maybe we'll actually play a game between now and uh, Sunday, and we can talk about it with him. Telling me there's a chance. All right. Very good. There's a chance. Mike, how about you? Closing thoughts. Wrap us up, man. Um, I, I do love Wendy. Uh, Christopher, if you will. Great guy. Um, always great insight. Uh, he's helped us a lot on this podcast. Um, I, I love having him on, um, that said, um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's have something to talk about. I think we're going to, I think we're going to get to talk about Lester. Um, and hopefully we get to talk about Chelsea. I think that the, the squad we're going to throw out there against Chelsea is going to be a little different uh, than we saw. I think the motivation is going to be a little different out there, given that it's the league versus, uh, versus a second rate FA cup competition uh, that all you get is a lifetime supply of fucking energy drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I think that when you get into the league, uh, the motivations, the tactics, the lineups are all different. Um, I think we're going to be healthier coming into it. Um, I, I think that, you know, we, we see now that our club um, from these past Chelsea, 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 Chelsea matches that we've had, um, we don't have the bench that the top tier teams have. Um, we need to be able to have healthy players and then we need to have, be able to have bench players who can just seamlessly fit in when we need them to fit in. We just we just don't have that right now, um, and uh, so you know, 
I, I fully expect a, a Leicester win, and I fully, I fully expect us to actually challenge Chelsea. Maybe not win, but I think we will challenge them. And I think that the motivations of of these professional athletes that that Tottenham Hotspur have hired, um, the the motivations will far outweigh any kind of personal um, ins or outs that they that they want for the club. Um, I, I think, the, like I said, professional athletes are professional athletes. They go out there, they have a job to do. They know they have a job to do. They're wired differently. They want to win at all costs. And at the same time, they're still human beings, right? So they, they still do have emotions. And when you, when you're playing on emotion, um, you need a leader and that leader right now is is got to be harry kane and it's got to be hugo those are our mainstays out there and those guys have to be calming influences they have to be leaders out there um and i think that we're gonna get we're gonna get a victory so we're gonna get a three points and then we're gonna get a hard fought probably l and i think we will score on chelsea um that said uh Congratulations to um, Eric Lamella, Spurs second in a row, Puskas Award winner. Um, Sonny won the year before for his fucking, I don't know, 89-yard fucking dash. Um, And then we get Lamella with his fucking rubber legs bending in, in ways that human beings shouldn't be bending to score a goal against the most hated, vile, disgusting, you know, sports franchise on the earth. We still lost that game. Um, sure did. Yeah. <laughs> but still, still, I, I, I don't think we lose that rematch or whenever the, or the rescheduled match, when that comes, we don't lose that. We don't, we don't lose to them at home. No, that, and that's one of my closing thoughts is that I'm glad the match this weekend got canceled um, because I'd rather we, we beat them at full strength and uh, truly put the, put the punishment on them. I'm excited about that. And another closing thought I have is just, you know, I'm looking at our reality and I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about the transfer window. I'm optimistic about the future. I expect and hope that we'll have Conte with us for at least another 18, 24 months. Here, here's my truth, right? We will never outspend City. We will never outspend Liverpool. We will never outspend Chelsea, right? So if if we want to be in those ranks, we have to do everything better than they do without spending the money they do. And that means we're always going to be kind of on the fringe and you have to do things the right way. And to do things the right way takes time. And it takes time to build. It takes time to prepare. And we are recovering from a really, really dark period. So um I would say to all of us and to all of our, our fellow Spurs supporters, chill the F out a little bit, folks. Um, just relax and let things play their course. Let a January window and a summer window happen. And let's uh, let's be optimistic and positive about the future. And that's how I'm going to choose to be. And uh, I think there's some value in that. So uh, ending on a high note, right, boys? With that, we are, uh, we are Wicked Spursy. And uh, as always... We appreciate those of you who listen, whether it's dozens or scores or hundreds or thousands, uh, we'll take whatever. Uh, we throw a cool, 
<laughs> we throw a quiz, 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 quiz points at you uh, anytime that we can. And Mike always likes to end our podcast by saying, be safe. <laughs>